Welcome to Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler spends 10 minutes with Anthony Capuano, President and CEO of Marriott International, to discuss several key hospitality issues, such as the need for immigration reform, current industry fundamentals, and his overall outlook for 2024. Capuano also details Marriott's new extended stay brand, Studio Res, and offers his perspective on the company's recent licensing agreement with MGM Resorts. Hi, this is Dennis Nestler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. I'm here today with Tony Capuano, President and CEO of Marriott International. Tony, welcome. Well, great to see you, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, let's start with the most recent news first. I guess you guys recently uh, announced the name for the uh, extended stay brand, uh, Studio Res. Can you tell us a yes. little bit about what went into that decision and, and how, you, how that came about? Uh, there is more and more demand in the mid-scale price point for an extended stay prop. And as you know, uh, through uh, uh, going all the way back to our acquisition of Residence Inn back in the 80s, we have deep, deep experience and understanding of that extended stay segment. And we got really excited about the prospect of developing organically a new build product uh, in the mid-price segment, uh, but focused on that extended stay customer. And so we spent a lot of time talking to our customers uh, talking to uh, operators in the extended stay segment and talking to the franchise community. And as a result of all of that input, we've developed a product that we think really makes it, uh, sense from a, an investment return perspective uh, for our franchisee community that we think is at a development cost that we can get financed even in today's environment where the debt markets are relatively constricted. And we think that from a product perspective, will really resonate with that consumer that's looking for an extended stay product, but in the mid-scale segment. Mm -hmm. Tony, how'd you arrive at the name? Well, it's it, you know it's a funny story. It's like a lot of these these products. Uh, in some ways, the most challenging piece is to find a product where we can perfect the IP. Uh, but in this case, we thought. Studio was a really important part of, of the name because I think it evokes the right uh, signal to the customer in terms of what their, their expectation should be in terms of the product. And we loved res because it really is a residential environment. And that's what many of these consumers are seeking. Yeah, sure. Um, you guys recently uh, forced a deal with MGM, a licensing agreement with yes. MGM. Um, Maybe talk a little bit about what that can do for you and for Bonvoy members. It's a very unique uh, partnership, I would say. Yeah, it is. It's really exciting. And I'm glad you, you led the question talking about Bonvoy. On the long list of attributes of this transaction that we're so excited about, the value and, and the opportunities that it unlocks for our 186 million Bonvoy members are among the things we're most excited about. Uh, obviously, it adds 40,000 terrific new rooms to the portfolio. But when you think about the access to not only 17 extraordinary resorts, but the access to sports and entertainment and culinary, uh, just the richness of the content that MGM has, uh, we think our Bonvoy members are going to love it. And then when I think about Las Vegas, such an exciting destination, and I think about the group segment, and you know the way we sell group. We sell multi-year group, and with increasing frequency, Las Vegas is part of that group rotation. And we were delighted to be able to offer the Cosmopolitan to those group customers, 
But now as a result of this transaction, uh, in that mile and a half strip, MGM offers nearly 5 million square feet of state-of-the-art meeting space on top of all those wonderful amenities I described. So I think both our transient and our group customers are going to be really excited about what this transaction will offer them. Mm -hmm. um, switch gears a little bit to home sharing. Uh, yeah. Obviously been a huge impact on the industry uh, over the last several years. Um, Marriott was, was really at the forefront in terms of entering that space. How do you see it playing out uh, you know, with tr traditional hotels versus home sharing and not just with Marriott, but in, with the industry in general? Yeah, you know, I, with the industry in general, it'll be interesting to watch. I can speak to our strategy. And when we think about the growth of our footprint and the growth of our portfolio, uh, in my old role running our global development efforts, people would ask me about our development strategy. And I said, in some ways, it's relatively simple and straightforward. I want to make sure I offer the right product for every trip purpose, everywhere our guests want to travel. Because if I don't succeed in that strategy, uh, I'm allowing folks to leak outside of the Marriott ecosystem. And what we found, and this was a trend that maybe accelerated a little bit during the pandemic, for very specific trip purposes, a full multi-bedroom home better satisfied their needs for that specific trip purpose. So think about something like a multi-generational vacation. The ability to have multi-bedrooms with uh, kitchen facilities and a central living room and maybe a backyard really fit the bill. And absent our ability to offer that, that product type within our ecosystem, it might cause that loyal Bonvoy guest to look outside the system. So we launched in earnest uh, Marriott Homes and Villas. We launched with just a couple thousand homes, and we've seen that portfolio grow about 30x. We now have over 120,000 homes uh, listed on the platform. It's growing by leaps and bounds. It's a platform that really only offers luxury quality multi-bedroom homes, full kitchen, full kitchens, laundry facilities. And what we hear from our customers is we really achieve that objective. For that specific trip purpose, the ability to find that offering and understand that in effect, it has that good housekeeping seal that we vetted those homes, we vetted those management companies, and that guest understands they're going to get that same quality that they've come to expect when they book a Marriott hotel uh, has really resonated with our customers. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to talk about a few industry issues with you. Um, of course. Labor, obviously, is, is one, of the, one of the big things uh, that's been uh, discussed much in the industry. Um, you've been very outspoken about immigration reform. What, uh, you know, how do you see that um, kind of developing right now? And what, what do you think needs to be done? Well, I, you know, I think simultaneously, industry leaders, um, we've got to be pragmatic about the reality of getting wholesale immigration reform, uh, particularly when you've got such a divided government right now that, that seems to struggle a bit on agreeing on almost anything. Um, but that doesn't mean we should ease up on the accelerator in terms of, of helping government leaders understand the importance, particularly for the travel industry, um, of what immigration reform can do for our industry, and in turn, the economic impact that the travel industry has on the broader economic uh, uh, landscape here in the U.S. Um, there are things we can do short of wholesale immigration, ref uh, uh, immigration reform 
that we should continue to push on, whether that is more temporary work visas, whether that is uh, removing friction from the ability of inbound international visitors to get visas, to shorten visa wait times, to uh, encourage uh, the US government to lean more heavily on technology to streamline the visa process. Anything we can do to remove friction, whether that is to um, uh, increase the number of temporary workers that are coming in to support our industry, or whether it is to make it easier for international inbound visitors to visit the US, those are areas we should focus as much of our energy as we can. Mm -hmm. Do you think legislators have been generally receptive to that message from, from our yeah, industry? I think, you know, it's incumbent on the industry to continue to educate. I think when we get in front of legislators and remind them of the importance that the travel and tourism sector represents as part of the broader economy, uh, I think you find many receptive members of, of Congress. And, mm -hmm. and so, again, it's our responsibility to continue to educate them on areas where they can help. Uh, drive uh, improvement in the tourism sector and what the ripple effect of, of that will be on the broader U.S. economy. Mm -hmm. um, the industry is, has been able to drive rate through this economic downturn, uh, I guess, very much surprisingly to many. Um, do you expect that to continue? What have, what have you seen on the rate front and what kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, the short answer is yes, I do. Although I think it'll be, you, you'll start to see rate maybe normalize a bit more. Uh, the, the quarter over quarter comparisons start to get a little tougher because we saw such extraordinary rate growth uh, in 2022. Uh, but as we talked about in the second quarter earnings call, uh, we saw some indicators and some data points that give us some optimism about continued growth in rate. Uh, group continues to be a really strong bright point for us. And when we look at forward bookings and the rates that we're able to achieve in those forward group bookings, high single digit, low double digit uh, rate growth in the group bookings, that's really encouraging to me. Uh, coming into 2023, for our special corporate customers, we were able to uh, negotiate high single digit uh, rate increases. And we have every expectation we'll get similar rate increases going into 2024. That was equally encouraging. And leisure, which has been such a bright spot in the recovery, uh, we saw really strong continued growth, both in occupancy and rate in the second quarter. And we expect that to increase or continue to increase in the back half of 2023. Mm -hmm. And, and Tony, what's your overall outlook for the industry going forward, uh, back half 23, even into 24? Yeah, it won't shock you that I continue to be extraordinarily optimistic about uh, not only the back half of 23, but into the future. I think uh, while the pandemic was extraordinarily difficult on not only our company, but our industry, uh, it was a powerful reminder to the traveling public how much they love to travel. And you've seen it in the travel trends and the speed with which demand has recovered. I think some of the trends that have emerged out of that recovery, blended trip purpose, the strength of, of leisure demand, uh, a reminder of the value of in-person meetings, all of those trends, I think, bode really, really well for the future of travel and for the future of the performance of Marriott. So we continue to be quite optimistic 
uh, both qualitatively and in terms of the way we uh, improved our guidance for the back half of 2023 and for full year performance. I think that that improvement in, in guidance reflects our optimism about the, the future of the business. Okay, great. Thanks, Tony, for your time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Hey. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.